0: What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the fantasy stock exchange. Bush coming at you solo with a two part video series. Part one will be today. I'm going to go through my rest of season rankings for the fantasy football playoffs. Position by position, we're going to go tier by tier and break down the positional outlooks, biggest risers, biggest fallers since I last did these rankings November to now. I'm not going to highlight quite everything, but just going to go over the positional outlooks as a whole, heavily influenced by recent performance and playoff schedules and all that kind of stuff. So what we're going to determine in today's video are who are the elite guys that are in your lineup no matter what who are the solid options that you should be deciding between for matchup decisions, and who should potentially be staying on your bench during the fantasy football playoffs. Like I said, quarterbacks and running backs will be today. Wide receivers and tight ends will be in tomorrow's video. Just wanted to split this up so it's not super, super long, easier to digest. But without further ado, if you guys enjoy this video at any point, leave a like down below, comment any of your thoughts down below as well, and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here. Now let's hit the intro. All right, before we get into it, this video is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. They have a ton of awesome contests going right now, including 2022 Playoff Best Ball. If you guys don't know what Playoff Best Ball is, basically, this is where you're doing a best ball draft like you would have done before the season, only it's for the NFL playoffs. Just because the fantasy football season is coming down, and winding down to an end doesn't mean fantasy football in general doesn't have to end as well. You could do playoff best ball. There's a lot of strategy that goes into it. You could pick, you know, your Super Bowl winners and get some skin in the game during the NFL playoffs when the fantasy football season has concluded. So if you want to check it out, Go ahead, use that promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit. You'll get 100% back on whatever you put in. You want to put in 20 bucks, you have $40 on the site to play with. And they will be opening the gauntlet, which is the big, big time playoff best ball contest that will be coming in the next week or so. Definitely be on a high alert for that. Stay tuned for that. Like I said, promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit. Now let's get right into it. The quarterback position. For each one of these positions, I'm going to show a number beside their name. And what that number means is their playoff strength of schedule based on my matchup chart that I've been using throughout the entirety of the season. So the higher the number, the easier their playoff schedule. The lower the number, the more difficult their playoff schedule. So just keep that in mind. That's what that number is beside their name. We're going to start with the elite QB1s. These guys are in your lineup no matter what. Josh Allen is my quarterback one. Jalen Hurts, my quarterback two. And Patrick Mahomes, my quarterback three. For Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts at the top, it was a really uh, close decision between those two guys. The difference being rest of season schedule. Josh Allen has the Miami Dolphins in week 15, which is an easy defense who can also put up points on the other side of the ball. The Chicago Bears are just like pretty much the worst defense in the NFL since Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn were traded. And then the Cincinnati Bengals during the championship week who are a solid defense, but that game will have shootout written all over. It should have a you know 50 plus point over under on that game. So Josh Allen, is my pick to be the best quarterback during the fantasy football playoffs. Jalen Hurts, number two. He has some easy matchups as well. He has the Bears in week 15. He has the lowly Saints in week 17. But the problem is he does have the Dallas Cowboys in week 16, who, while they can put up points, are a tough defense in their own right. So that's kind of the mini tiebreaker between those top two guys. And then Patrick Mahomes is kind of in his own tier as my QB three of these elite quarterbacks. He definitely has the most difficult schedule against Houston, who's pretty good against the pass and Denver in week 17, who's pretty good against the pass with Seattle mixed in there in week 16, but he's still Patrick Mahomes. He's still elite regardless. So he's definitely in your lineup no matter what. Then we move on to the mid quarterback ones. And then I, in this tier, I have Justin Fields. I have Kyler Murray. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Dak Prescott. Now, we don't know the status of Lamar Jackson's injury quite yet. He might work his way in here if I knew he was going to play this week, week 16 and week 17. As of right now, I expect him to miss maybe one or two more games, so I can't quite put him up here yet. But Justin Fields is my quarterback for the Eagles, the Bills, and the Lions during the playoffs. A little bit of a tougher schedule, but he's rushed for 60-plus yards in six straight games. So I honestly don't really care which defense he's playing. He's probably going to run the ball and run the ball often and effectively. So Justin Fields is my quarterback for Rest of season, quarterback five for me, rest of season is Kyler Murray. He's had a little bit of struggles here and there, but he does have a full complement of wide receivers now. He has DeAndre Hopkins. He has Marquise Brown. Rondell Moore should be back after this week's game tonight on Monday Night Football. Outside of a tough Broncos defense in week 15, if you can make it past that point, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a very banged up secondary. Right now in week 16, they just lost Vita Vea, Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield was out for the last game. And then week 17, he has the Atlanta Falcons, which is pretty much as easy as it gets for fantasy football quarterback. Quarterback six, we have Justin Herbert. Herbert's in kind of a similar spot as Kyler Murray because he now has his full complement of weapons. He has Eckler out there. He has Allen out there. He has Mike Williams out there. Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, all these guys healthy really for the first time since the first week of the season when Keenan Allen went out. He's also thrown 47 plus pass attempts in three straight games. So it looks like they're putting a little bit more trust into him to throw the football. And Justin Herbert himself has performed at a much higher level now that these weapons are back on the field, as we saw last night against the Miami Dolphins. Quarterback seven, we have his Joe Burrow. He has a tough schedule, which is why he's a little bit lower than he probably should be based on his recent performance. He has the Bucks this week, which appears to be an easy matchup as I said, because of all the injuries, but he does get the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills in week 16 and 17, who have been very, very stingy against fantasy quarterbacks. So if his schedule wasn't so tough, he would be a little bit higher, but he's still probably in your lineup unless you had one of the guys that I listed as your backup quarterback. Quarterback eight for me is Dak Prescott closing out this tier. He's in a great spot, two to three of the playoff weeks. He has Jacksonville this week in week 15, and he has Tennessee in week 17 during the fantasy championship with the NFC East showdown, for probably the division against the Philadelphia Eagles in week 16. They're a tough pass defense, so that definitely downgrades Dak a little bit. But the Cowboys' commitment to the run game is the real reason why he's behind these guys for me, because typically, especially in the red zone, we don't see that Dak Prescott has full autonomy over the offense. They like to stick to Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott once they get down into the red zone. And that hurts the bottom line of a guy like Dak Prescott. They scored 27 points against the Houston Texans this past week. And Dak Prescott only had like a 14-point fantasy day because in the red zone, they run the ball with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, which is definitely a risk for Dak Prescott managers in the fantasy football playoffs. So moving on to the next tier of quarterbacks, we have basically what I'm calling like the low-end QB1s or the streamers of this uh, fantasy football playoff because, like I said, Lamar Jackson would be higher if he wasn't injured. It might keep him out another week, which downgrades him to probably this tier if we expect him back in week uh, 16 or week 17 when you're actually able to use him. Geno Smith is my QB 10, who is actually currently the quarterback eight in points per game this year. He's been relatively consistent even when he's been down, but San Francisco and the New York Jets are two of his three playoff matchups, and that is a tough proposition in that situation, so I have to downgrade him a little bit. Tua Tungavailoa is my QB11, and I got absolutely crucified in my November rest of season rankings for saying that Tua was probably going to, you know, slow down his production a little bit because his schedule was very tough. We've seen in the past couple of weeks against Houston, against San Francisco, and then Sunday night against Los Angeles, that it's caused him to be lower than 16 fantasy points in all three of those games. And he still has Buffalo, Green Bay, and New England remaining. I talked about how tough his schedule is if you've got a better option like the ones I listed already, I would pivot away from Tua Tagovailoa. We're seeing now that he is, you know, mortal. He's not going to have a, a superstar fantasy performance against really good defenses, as we've seen these past two weeks, especially with San Francisco and the Los Angeles Chargers. So moving on to the QB 12 for me is Deshaun Watson. And Watson has not been great so far, but he has played two tough passing matchups in the Houston Texans and in the Cincinnati Bengals the last two games. He has the Baltimore Ravens, New Orleans Saints, and Washington Commanders with some more experience now, knocking off the rust a little bit. So I do think Deshaun Watson is a very usable fantasy quarterback for the rest of the season. Quarterback 13 is Jared Goff. The Panthers and Bears are his final two games, which are absolutely money. And even this week against the Tough Jets defense, it's do or die, it's must-win game for the Lions to keep their playoff hopes alive. Jared Goff is actually right now on pace to match numbers from his 2017 season, when you know the Los Angeles Rams were a very good team, he's got all these weapons around him. He's got good protection. He has Swift. He has a Monra. He has Chark. He has Jameson Williams coming back from his injury. It looks like Jared Goff is going to be a legitimate guy that you can throw into your lineup if you had, let's say, a Tom Brady or somebody that you don't want to be starting right now. Quarterback 14 is Mike White for me, assuming he's healthy because he did take a bunch of big hits on Sunday, in which case just throw Joe Flacco right into this spot. The Lions, the Jaguars, and the Seahawks. He has the single easiest matchup schedule during the fantasy football playoff of any quarterback. So if you're down bad at the quarterback position, let's say you have Lamar Jackson and he's out for two more games, You can go to your waiver wire and pick up Mike White. You can go to your waiver wire and pick up the guy I'm going to talk about next. Mike White, as long as he's healthy, his schedule is the best of of all quarterbacks. He's got weapons. Elijah Moore is playing a full-time role now. Definitely a guy that you can use in a pinch. Same goes for Brock Purdy because, especially in super flex leagues, if you guys pick them up off the waiver wire, I think he's going to be a great option. Seahawks, Washington Commanders, and the Las Vegas Raiders are all easy matchups for him. Purdy has been a fine distributor of the ball. We know he's got talent around him. We know Kittle, Debo, assuming he's, you know, healthy rest of the season. Brandon, I, Christian McCaffrey, all these guys that he has to throw to, you could definitely do way worse than a guy like Brock Purdy, who's looked good and has playmakers around him. And then this last tier is the tier that I'm calling. Don't start, don't start these guys for one reason or another. It could be poor play. It could be tough matchups. Don't start Trevor Lawrence. He has the single most difficult playoff schedule of any quarterback. Kirk cousins is not far behind him. He has a very difficult schedule as well, but although, you know, his offense is a little bit more safe because he has guys like cook and Jefferson and Thielen to be able to distribute the ball to with TJ Hawkinson that tight end. Daniel Jones can run, but his schedule is tough as well. Aaron Rodgers has actually a relatively easy schedule, but he has not exceeded 20 fantasy points once this entire season. He's more of a floor play than a ceiling play, just given how they operate in Green Bay with running the ball as much as they do, especially down near the red zone. Derek Carr also has a tough schedule, and the offense is a little bit inconsistent. And speaking of inconsistent offense, uh, the Buccaneers have actually not been inconsistent. They've been consistently bad. So you probably can't start Tom Brady at any point during the fantasy football playoffs. Pivot to one of the guys that I talked about already. Go and see if Jared Goff is on your waiver wire, if Mike White is on your waiver wire, if Brock Purdy is on your waiver wire, Deshaun Watson on your waiver wire. These guys are better options than this don't start tier. So Moving on to the running back position. Again, I'm not going to go over like in-depth usage with the running back position. I'm not going to talk about which guys are seeing good workloads. I'm mainly just going to focus on their schedules because at this point in the season, usage wise, we kind of know what we have in most of these guys. We kind of know what their skill sets are, what their limitations are, and what kind of uh, seasons they're having so far. So my RB1 for the rest of the season for the fantasy football playoffs is Christian McCaffrey in this elite RB1 tier. All five of these guys, or maybe four of these guys, are probably elite talents right now. Two of the three easiest matchups for Christian McCaffrey rest of season. As I mentioned for Purdy, he has the Seattle Seahawks. He has the Las Vegas Raiders during the fantasy football championship. So Christian McCaffrey is my RB1 rest of season. Close behind him would be Derrick Henry because he has some very good good matchups as well. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Houston Texans the next two weeks. Giddy the fuck up for Derrick Henry. Tough spot in week 17 versus the Dallas Cowboys, but he's likely going to put up monster numbers to get you to week 17 if you have Derrick Henry on your fantasy team and you just got to hope and pray that he has a good game against the Cowboys in week 17 RB three for me is Jonathan Taylor. He's got some solid matchups, nothing, you know, crazy, nothing, you know, terrible on top of four straight games for Jonathan Taylor of 25 touches. He's back. He's getting his full workload. He looks like the Jonathan Taylor that you guys drafted RB one overall. I think he is probably going to be just fine down the stretch. Same goes for RB four and Austin Eckler. Eckler has, You know, relatively tough matchups because, you know, when we look at the the type of teams that he's playing, Tennessee, Indianapolis, and the Los Angeles Rams, all three of those teams are bottom 10 matchups for fantasy running backs. But we know for Austin Eckler, because he gets so much receiving work, he's relatively matchup proof, but it does downgrade him to RB4 of these elite options. He'd probably be RB2 if he had good matchups uh, for what it's worth. And then finally, the, the guy that might be a little surprising to see this high is Ramondre Stevenson for me because Ramondre Stevenson, is getting just an elite, elite level workload. He's a great player. He's you know playing very well. And he has six straight games of six plus targets on top of his workload on the ground already. He's had one game this year since week three with less than five targets. This guy is getting absurd pass game usage to the tune of you know, what we would expect out of like an Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey type of running back. And Ramondre Stevenson is actually giving us that in the passing game. So he's a guy that I think is very, very viable, very suitable for you guys to make a title run. Ramondre Stevenson, like I said, an easier schedule as well than some of these other guys that I've talked about so far. RB six. And this is the next tier that we're going to talk about here. The RB ones tier. These guys are all solid. They're probably in your matchup. I doubt you're sitting any of them, but for one reason or another, they're not in the elite RB one tier for Alvin Kamara, who is my RB six. He has an awesome schedule. Falcons Browns Eagles who are good defense, but they're more of a run funnel. Kamara had a murderers row of matchups. The last couple of weeks, he played the Buccaneers before the buy played San Francisco, the Los Angeles Rams. It's a lot of tough matchups against fantasy running backs pre buy, but he's got some cupcakes post-buy. And the Saints, the one thing you got to worry about with them is, are they playing for anything? Because they're you know probably going to be out of it relatively soon. But the nice thing is that they are still capable of winning their division because the Buccaneers are so bad, the Panthers, Falcons, the rest of the NFC South. So Alvin Kamara, I expect to be a guy that helps people a lot in the fantasy football playoffs. He now has a week 14 buy to rest up. Alvin Kamara, a guy that I think if you guys made it to your playoffs with Alvin Kamara, he's going to reward you in that, um, that fashion. So RB7, we have is Josh Jacobs. And again, I, I'd imagine a lot of you guys would think he should be in the elite RB1 tier, but the reason he's not up there is because he has probably the worst schedule of any running back in the fantasy football playoffs. He has the Patriots, the Steelers, and the 49ers. Three of probably the worst five matchups for fantasy running backs that you could find now since TJ Watt has returned for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Josh Jacobs, well, he gets a great workload and he's probably going to be just fine getting 20 carries a game and all that good stuff. He is dealing with some injuries. We saw him on Thursday night injure his hand. He was coming into the game with a calf injury. Plus he has such a more uh, a difficult schedule that I would rather have a couple of these other guys ahead of him. But I mean, if you wanted to say you'd rather have him than Alvin Kamara rest of the season, I wouldn't blame you. I just think, you know, taking in the full scope of the schedule and the injuries, I would rather have Alvin Kamara at the moment. And then RB eight for me is Saquon Barkley. Again, you got to worry about the neck injury that he was dealing with. He only played, I believe the third most snaps of any giants running back. On Sunday, but I believe that was due to a product of him coming in with a neck injury and also the Eagles blowing the Giants out. This is a must win game for them against the commanders on Sunday in week 15 on Sunday night football, including the, the rest of his schedule. He probably has um, a better outlook than people are giving him credit for given his recent performances. So RB eight for me is Saquon Barkley rest of season. RB nine is Joe Mixon. He has the bucks, pats and bills during the playoffs. So absolutely terrible schedule. Touchdowns are probably the only way that he's going to get there for your fantasy teams. Joe Mixon also was, you know, kind of strangely not used as much as we're used to seeing this past week coming off of the concussion, but he'll probably be fine going forward. He's just probably more of a touchdown or bus guy, given the tough matchups. And then these final three guys I can kind of group together because they all have like similar concerns. Kenneth Walker at RB 10, Travis Etienne at RB 11 and Nick Chubb at RB 12. All three of these guys don't have the greatest schedules in the world. So that's concern. Number one, some of these guys are injured right now, are banged up. Kenneth Walker missed this past week. ETN has been kind of dealing with some foot injuries as well. And Nick Chubb is a limited workload player, as I've kind of talked about throughout the entirety of this season. They do have some similar, you know, ways of getting there, right? Travis ETN and Kenneth Walker have shown that they can be explosive, that shown they can be used in the passing game. And Nick Chubb can break away a long touchdown at any point. Plus if Deshaun Watson starts playing better, he's obviously going to reap the benefits of that. But for, you know, these reasons, they're lower uh, for me than they probably would have been in, November, I had Kenneth Walker and Travis Etienne up near the top six of my running backs, but these injuries and some of the playoff schedule factors are the reason that they're down here. So moving on to the RB2s here, which is Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, James Conner, and Tony Pollard. Aaron Jones for me is my RB13. He had an injury against Chicago before the bye week that they had this past week, but he should be a fringe RB1 caliber dude as long as he's healthy, despite the mass schedule that he has. So no worries with Aaron Jones. RB 14 for me is Miles Sanders, who's kind of a big riser here for me due to his recent performances. At this point in the season, it's kind of important to ride the wave of who's playing well and also whose teams are playing well. We know the Philadelphia Eagles are in this for a Super Bowl or bus type of season. They're probably going to look to secure a buy, the number one seed in the NFC. So they're definitely going to have a lot to play for down the stretch against the Cowboys, especially in week 16. So even though the Cowboys are a tough matchup, it's actually the only tough matchup they have because the Bears and Saints in week 15 and 17 are easy matchups. They're going to be playing for that one seed in that Cowboys game. And I think Miles Sanders is going to have to be a big part of that win if they come away with it. RB 15 for me is David Montgomery. He's been fine all year. We kind of know what he's been. He's been a a workload guy. Um, But Khalil Herbert is coming back soon. So that kind of downgrades him a little bit. Um, But he does go to the Eagles in week 15, which is a run funnel defense, the Bills in week 16, which is a run funnel defense and the Lions defense in week 17, which is just kind of bad all around. He should make for a solid, you know, end of the season run out of a guy with David Montgomery, who's been a top three fantasy running back each of the last two years during the fantasy football playoffs. He's really, really come in clutch for fantasy managers the past two years. I think he can definitely be very productive. Again, RB 16 is Dalvin Cook. I think we could probably all agree that Dalvin Cook has lost a little bit of a step, a little bit of explosiveness that we've seen from him in recent years. It's been a grueling season for him. He's 27 years old. He had 1,200 career touches entering the season. Uh, but Dalvin Cook is a guy that, you know, can find the end zone. He plays in a good offense. So he's still a fine option. RB 17 is Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard and Zeke's um, roles have kind of flipped. In past years, That had been like, Ezekiel Elliott's the 60% snapshare guy. Tony Pollard gets mixed in 35, 40% of the time. Now we kind of have the opposite. Tony Pollard's like a 55% guy and Ezekiel Elliott's like a 40 to 45% type of dude. This offense and Pollard are both very good, right? We have the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one of the fantasy playoffs in week 15. We have the Eagles in week 16 who are a good defense, but they are beatable on the ground. And then in week 17, the Tennessee Titans are very good against the run, but we expect the Cowboys to be able to move the ball against them because they're so bad against the pass. So Tony Pollard should be in a good spot throughout the entirety of the fantasy football playoffs. RB18, we have is James Conner. His workload dictates that he probably should be higher than this, but he has Denver and he has Tampa Bay the next two weeks, which are very, very tough matchups to Advance James Connor into the week 17 Atlanta Falcons smash spot that he has. So if you guys are relying on James Connor, it's, it's probably going to be tough sledding for you in week 15 and week 16 against those two tough run defenses, but he gets a great workload. So he's probably in your lineup no matter what. RB19 is DeAndre Swift, who obviously took a big step back this week. If you guys don't have DeAndre Swift, in week 13, we saw DeAndre Swift climb over 50% of the snaps. We saw him out-touch, out-target Jamal Williams. And then this week, randomly, he went back down to a sub-40% snap share. Justin Jackson almost tied him in snaps, and it basically became a three-way committee. He still gets receiving work. He's still a very talented player, and the Lions offense can move the ball. So I still like DeAndre Swift as a top-20 running back during the playoffs. But after the Jets this week, you get Carolina who are and Chicago, who are pretty good smash spots. Even despite the sus usage, I still think DeAndre Swift is a fine RB2 because this offense is good. DeAndre Swift is good and he gets the targets and he's able to make the most of his touches when he gets them. I'm a little bit higher on DeAndre Swift. If you wanted to have him a little bit lower, I would understand it, but I do think he's a fine option rest of the season. We move on to the next tier, which is the RB2 slash RB3s. Something is wrong with these guys to some degree, which is why they're not in higher tiers, whether it's inconsistent usage or the offense that they play in or maybe their playoff schedule or you know a combination of all of those factors. RB 20 for me is Cordero Patterson. CPat will have Desmond Ritter making his first starts this coming week. uh, And, you know, throughout the fantasy football playoffs, we don't exactly know what to expect from Desmond Ritter because he was kind of like a mad prospect, a third round quarterback, but two solid spots for Cordero Patterson with the Saints and the Cardinals in week 15 and week 17. He definitely should be back on track now, fully healthy at a bye week uh, to recover as well. RB 21 for me is Raheem Mostert. Mostert took hold of the work in week 13 uh, when we last saw him. And then Jeff Wilson went down in week 14 on Sunday night football with a hip injury. And then that caused Raheem Mostert to take even more of the work. We don't know how long Jeff Wilson will be out for or if he'll be out at all. But this offense, despite the bad matchups, um, should be in position to score points if Tua can help Uh, the offense moved the ball a little bit better than he has the last two games. So Raheem Mostert, to me, still a top 24 running back. Najee Harris, my RB22, he's kind of just mid. We know he's not like the greatest running back in the world, but he gets a solid workload priority, uh, touches in the red zone, Carolina and Vegas, the next two games as well. So very easy matchups for him. Plus his like worst matchup is the, the Ravens in week 17. Uh, if the Steelers offense can move the ball with Mitch Trubisky, I'm assuming, I don't even really know who the quarterback will be. I don't really think it matters. They're kind of just the same caliber of QB. Then Najee will probably be just fine. RB 23 for me is Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight, another guy that's on the rise here. An easy string of matchups against the lions, against the Jags and against the Seahawks as we mentioned for Mike White in the quarterback section, he's not a workhorse back by any means. So we can't rank him much higher than this, but he is getting the bulk of the carries. And if they're, You know, scoring a lot of points in those games or leading in those games, then Zonovan Knight will probably be heavily involved in those game plans. So he's a fine flex option during the playoffs as well. Damian Pierce, his workload has kind of fluctuated given the Texans' struggles. Kansas City, Tennessee, Jacksonville, uh, maybe a week 15 blowout for Damian Pierce in coming with the Kansas City Chiefs coming to town. If you have better options, I wouldn't be opposed to leaving him on your bench knowing that the Kansas City Chiefs will probably blow out the Houston Texans and it'll probably be another, you know, 15 plus point spread for the Kansas city chiefs. So that's definitely not encouraging for Damian Pierce, but if you can make it to week 16 and week 17, those are divisional games against teams that are not, you know, scaring anybody in Tennessee and Jacksonville, it's possible that he's a little bit better than people will think. Uh, RB24 for me is Deontay Foreman. Game script has really been the key for him. That's how he gets his touches. He's an early down running back. But the Steelers, Bucks, and Lions are probably not going to blow out the Carolina Panthers. So I'd imagine they should be in those games, leading to a lot of Deontay Foreman carries. RB25 for me is Rashad White. The Bucks backfield has basically resorted to the Cowboys backfield, the Pollard and Zeke type of split. So both guys are a little bit cannibalized as a result, but they do have a fine schedule against the Bengals, against the Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. So Rashad White, a guy that I think you'll be fine starting as like a flex option during your fantasy playoffs. Another guy on the rise who we thought was kind of dead in the water is RB27 for me, J.K. Dobbins, who saw 15 carries in his first game back with 120 yards and a touchdown um, coming off of the IR list where he kind of re-aggravated the ACL reconstructive surgery he had coming into the year. He has Cleveland, and he has the Falcons the next two games. So he has some easy matchups here. I don't really know how much I trust the dude, given how banged up he's been all year and the you know stuff that we know about his injury, but he should be fully recovered here kind of soon. So uh, JK Dobbins, definitely somebody who's interesting. He might even be available on your waiver wire. He might be a guy that's worth an ad for sure. And then we get into the final tier, which is the RB threes. These guys, I would say, probably, if you made your playoffs, you don't need to rely on guys like this as like your RB2s or RB1s. But if you ran a zero RB, you might have a couple guys like these. Or if you have a very deep format where, you know, it's three flex options or something like that, you might be starting some of these dudes. So I'm just going to rattle them off real quick. We have Brian Robinson, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Gibson, Isaiah Pacheco, Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon. Devin Singletary, Jeff Wilson, and Cam Akers. All these guys kind of have their own concerns with Brian Robinson. He's kind of just like a two down banger with some tough matchups. Zeke and Fournette are both like the one B's in their offense, as is Jamal Williams. They kind of, you know, mix those guys in. Antonio Gibson is split in the backfield with Brian Robinson. Isaiah Pacheco is like a 30 to 40% snap share guy. He gets carries, but he's not going to get a huge workload. AJ Dillon is usually only valuable in the event of an Aaron Jones injury, as we saw in week 13. Devin Singletary is now in a three-way timeshare with James Cook and with Naeem Hines uh, when he was previously kind of like a workhorse back. Jeff Wilson, we don't really know his health status right now, but if he's on the field, he's a fine like low-end RB3. And then Cam Akers seems like he's pretty much just needs to get into the end zone to do anything because he's not going to be efficient on the ground, nor is the offense going to be efficient in general. So those are my rest of season. You guys can see them right now. Rest of season running back rankings tier list on the screen. As you can see it, I'll throw the quarterback tier list on one more time as well if you guys skipped ahead in the video. But like I said, if you enjoyed it at any point, leave a like down below. Comment any of your thoughts down below as well. What do you agree with? What don't you agree with? subscribe to the channel if you are new around here and as I mentioned at the beginning of the video make sure to check out our official show sponsor underdogfantasy.com tons of pick'ems going on if your fantasy football season is over the fantasy football fun doesn't have to stop it is right over at underdog fantasy you get some playoff best ball going you can do battle royale games you can do pick'ems everything is available over there it's the absolute best place to be playing fantasy football as we get into the NFL playoffs so make sure to check that out use the promo code FSE and they'll match your first deposit up to $100 but with that being said Peace out, and we'll talk to you soon.